Well, good evening. Welcome into Brewers Weekly here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us. I have you for the next hour or so, technically 52 minutes, but we'll call it an hour as we talk all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball till 9 o'clock this evening. Brewers playing a day game yesterday. They beat the Cardinals to take two out of three from St. Louis. Today is an off day, and they open up a series against the New York Mets coming up tomorrow. Let's get some of the housekeeping items out of the way, as we always do at the beginning of the program. If you do want to join us, you can do so by calling or texting into the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. You can also tweet at me, if you would like, at Matt Pauley on air. M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. If you don't follow me on Twitter and you want to follow me on Twitter, I won't be mad at you if you indeed follow me on Twitter. But you can still tweet at me even if you don't follow me. That's that's allowed. Uh, we got a lot to get into here on the program today. And look, it's what everybody's talking about. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and come do this show after a couple weeks of Brewers baseball and try to talk about stuff that people are not talking about. That that kind of goes against what we, what we try to do here. But... Uh, going to touch on all kind of the the big major storylines of the the first couple weeks of the season. First off, back into the bullpen and being able to hold on to games late. It's been an issue. It has been an issue for the Brewers. And I, I say the word small sample size. I guess that's three words. I say the words small sample size uh, fairly often. I'll, I'll say it here. What what they had happen on Saturday against the Cubs when Jacob Barnes was pitching was was borderline impossible. And then it seemed like that was going to happen again in that first game of the Cardinals series, and it didn't, thankfully. But it's at some point the numbers start to kind of come back around on this. And I, I think that applies to the back end of the bullpen, and I also think it applies to the fielding. Because right now the team is just making too many errors. Way, way, way too many errors. And uh, the, it's got to get better. They, I don't know how good of a defensive club they are. In fact, let's, let's say they're not a very good defensive team. Like the numbers of the last two years would indicate they were not going to be a very good defensive team this year because there's a lot of guys there who have been there. And the end-of-season numbers over the last two years have not been especially good. They've been you know, bottom five or so in baseball in terms of fielding percentage. But even if they finished in that same region, they would be fielding better than they are right now. Right now they are on, I don't know if it's a historic clip, but it's, it's not a good clip to be on, I'll say that, and that's going to clean itself up. But what can we expect out of the team from a fielding percentage-wise? You know, not, not that we're going to jump at a number, but... What can we really be expecting of this team? And we'll touch on that coming up uh, during the course of the program as well. Something else that this team is doing that they did last year is just churning, churning through guys. That roster, it's moving every single day, seemingly. There's one or two guys that have come up. They've already had a DFA situation with, with J.J. Hoover. I mean, they are just rolling through guys. And it's, um, it's an organization that really looks at the analytics. You, you can say that about most baseball organizations now. Not all. There's still a few that are kind of stuck back somewhere else. But they are very analytically focused. And 
they're able to use those numbers to kind of indicate what they need to be doing in terms of bringing guys up, sending guys down, so on and so forth. Uh, the starting pitching hasn't helped the situation because pitchers are not getting deep into games, so therefore the bullpen is being overused. The fact that they've played some extra inning games here recently, that doesn't help because there's more innings to cover from the bullpen. It, it's just a it's a perfect storm of needing more roster spots than they have. But something I want to touch on today is is that really sustainable for a highly competitive club? Now, the first answer to that, the easy answer, kind of the dumb answer, and maybe I should just end it at this, is, well, they did it last year, and they had a really good season, and they were the best team in baseball to not make the postseason. Essentially, they, they were the best non-playoff qualifier, and they left a lot of wins potentially on the table last year. They very easily could have made it into the postseason. They had some injuries. You know, Jimmy Nelson doesn't get hurt last year. They they do they have a couple more wins because of that, and they get into the postseason. That's, uh, but then you go back to this roster thing where you're just always churning through, and I think it probably has something to do with you're not churning through your core. You're kind of churning through the the margins of the roster. But how does that affect winning and losing? We'll try to kind of put something into that later on in the program. So that's what's on tap today. Also, I want to touch on, you, know, you can listen to every single Brewers game on WTMJ, although that's not totally correct because we've got the, when the Bucks are in the playoffs, the Brewers are going to be over on uh, 94.5 FM, so you can be aware of that. If you tune in looking for a Brewers game over the next couple weeks, maybe longer depending on the Bucks' run, and the Brewers aren't here, you can go over to 94.5 on the FM side, and you can find the Brewers. But that being said, we are the home of the Brewers. You don't have to worry about streaming the games through something. But if you are somebody who views the games on TV, yesterday you had to do that through Facebook. You were not able to do it on television. And people were up in arms about it. Social media was going crazy. There was a, there was a online revolt of people because they had to stream the game. Is that valid to be upset about that? Or should you just kind of get used to it and get yourself uh, in position to be able to watch those games on whatever streaming device uh, you need to use to watch it? We'll touch on that coming up later on in the program as well. Again, if you want to join us, you can do so. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. When we come back, we'll get into those final three outs. Outs numbers 25, 26, 27. They at times are tough for the Brewers to get. What should they be doing with Corey Knebel not available for uh, another four, five, six, seven weeks? We'll talk about that next. This is Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley, talking all things Milwaukee Brewers baseball. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, you can do so on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620. That's 414-799-1620. Greg had an interesting conversation during Sports Central that revolved around Josh Hader. And there's three groups of people when it comes to Josh Hader. There's the people who love him in his current role. There's people who want him to be a starter, and there's people who want him to be the closer. And you probably have a pretty strong feeling towards one of those. I don't think, 
the Josh Hader and his ability and, and how much fun he is to watch, I don't think there's a lot of people who are apathetic about Josh Hader. Oh, yeah, he can be a middle innings guy or he can be a closer, whatever. I just I don't get that. And there's some guys on the roster that you can be apathetic towards. A lot of guys on the roster I think the fan base is going to be somewhat apathetic towards. But people have strong feelings on Josh Hader in in one direction or another. And it's one of those three things. And I hear it all the time. I I love him in his current role. And I feel fairly strongly about it. Uh, I think I think he does two things in his current role. You get to use him more often. If he's your closer, well, if you're in a stretch of time where you're not going to many ninth innings up one to three runs, you're, you're not getting the opportunity to use him in innings and games that matter. So by pitching him as a middle inning guy, even if you're down or, you know, if you're down one run and the guy's pitching in the seventh inning, that's more valuable than if you're down one run and he's pitching in the ninth inning because there's more time for you to come back. But more often than not, he's pitching in games that the Brewers are winning in the sixth, seventh, or eighth innings, or even yesterday, touched the ninth for a bit. So that's the first thing. Uh, you, you guarantee that he pitches innings that matter. And that goes towards why he shouldn't close and why he shouldn't start. Starting pitchers pitch a lot of innings that just don't matter. And I don't think you want Josh Hader in that in that position right now. The second thing, and this is probably the most important thing, he shortens the game. If you put him in in the seventh inning in a game that you're leading, you are almost assuredly going to get to the ninth inning still leading that game. He is going to lead you through those two innings without giving up a run more often than not. And but. But on the other side of that is, you still got to have a guy in the ninth inning who can then close it out. And that's where the current situation with this team is. They got to figure out who that guy's going to be. Right now, it's going to be Matt Albers, you get the sense. We might see a little bit of Jacob Arms. We, we might see a little bit of Jeremy Jeffress. If it's not going to be Matt Albers, I would think maybe Jeremy Jeffress gets the next opportunity because we've seen Jacob Barnes do it twice and it not work out in either opportunity. And you can make the argument that Barnes pitched perfectly fine in those games, more so that Saturday Cubs game uh, than his most recent outing. But either way, you've done the Jacob Barnes thing, trying to get a save. You've done that twice. Might be If you're not going to go with Matt Albers, might be the time to look at somebody else, and it would make the most sense to be Jeremy Jeffress. But Matt Albers has, has done a pretty nice job. Even the other night where he technically had the blown save, the fact that he was able to get out of that inning without giving up uh, the the winning run. That was that first game against St. Louis, uh, the one the Brewers won in 10 innings by a 5-4 score. That was bases loaded, nobody out, I believe, and he gave up just one run, and he was able to work his way out of it. He, got, he gave up one run, maybe on a sacrifice, then he got a pop fly. No, he got a pop fly, then a sacrifice, and then he got the final out is how that all worked out. Uh, Albers seems to be doing... A pretty good job at the moment. And he's a veteran. He's been around. I, we, we, we jump to these, these big feelings in terms of, well, you, you got to make a change. And we're, we're, we're going places based off, again, I'm going to say it's small sample size. It, it stunk to see uh, the Brewers lose that game on Saturday to the Cubs. It stunk to see them 
lose that second game as well to uh, to to the Cardinals because guys could not hold on uh, late in the contest. But I do think stuff's going to start to even out, and I like the idea of trying to find some defined roles. Now, in a bullpen, it's tough to always have true definition on on what you do. Uh, because different scenarios result in different situations where different guys make sense. Plus, you've got the other situation where guys can't pitch every single day. But if you can, if you can kind of have a general feeling of Matt Albers is going to be that guy in safe situations more often than not, then you can kind of push down the dominoes and other stuff starts to fall into place. And you probably start winning those games more often than not. A point that Greg made during Sports Central that is absolutely 100% spot-on correct is they gotta, they got to win some of these games by multiple runs. You know, they just they haven't. They won that third game in San Diego by a 7-3 score. Outside of that, they've won by a few runs. They've got, they had a one-run win and a two-run win in San Diego. The home series against St. Louis, their one win was by one run. Their home series against the Cubs, their one win was by one run. Their two games in, uh, in, in St. Louis that they won were won by one run. Every single game that they've won this year, except for two in San Diego, have been one-run wins. That, that adds even more stress to your bullpen. When, when a guy is pitching in a very close game, there's just in, inevitably, inevitably more stress that goes along with that outing. So for me, I think the bullpen stuff really just kind of starts to fix itself and work itself out. Now you kind of know that Matt Albers is going to be the guy in the ninth. You're able to start lining some other guys up. And if you can start winning some games by multiple runs, everything else kind of fixes itself, I think. Um. The, the other side of this bullpen right now is the overuse is causing a ton of roster churn. The, the flight between Colorado Springs and Milwaukee, there actually isn't one, but you get the idea. Uh, the, the, the constant going back and forth is, is already in high gear, and we're a couple weeks into the season. How much does that affect the team's ability to win and lose? We'll touch on that next. This is Brewers Weekly. You can give us a call if you'd like on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It's Brewers Weekly on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us tonight, taking you till 9 o'clock, talking all things Brewers baseball. Off day today, they open up a series in New York against the surprising Mets Coming up tomorrow, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Tax Line. We're talking pitching, specifically on the back end of the bullpen and what's going on there, but it certainly all is, is all connected uh, with, uh, with the Josh Hader situation being that middle inning guy, how that's affecting the back end, and of course, uh, part of the bullpen issues right now is overuse because of uh, starters having a hard time going as deep into games as you would like to see them go. Let's get to uh, the phones for the first time tonight. Mike's on the east side. Hey, Mike, you're on WTMJ. Hi, Matt. You know, I normally love listening to you, and I, and I shouldn't say normally. I do like listening to you. But... I've got a bone of contention here. 
You're talking about starting pitchers, not doing it, and then, and then at the same time, our our staff relievers are going to be worn out. I'm going there, and uh, what's what's going on is they don't let starting pitchers that are doing great pitch their games like they used to do always, and still with the few good pitchers that are pitching today that do get to pitch a complete game or close to it. Now you're pulling guys out in the fifth inning, sixth inning. You are using up your bullpen. And once in a while, yeah, I can agree that guys have to do that. But if you're a good pitcher, geez, why don't you let the guy pitch? Mike, who are you? And I I think I... I think I agree and disagree with you both at the same time because I, I think we can both agree Brewers starting pitchers have not gone as deep into games this year as they absolutely need to. I don't think there's any way to sugarcoat that. These pitchers need to be going uh, deeper into games than they are right now. Uh, but specifically, there was the Brent Suter game the other day where he got pulled as he was uh, going into the third time through the order. Outside of that... What pitchers have been pulled out of games this year where you feel like they should have been given a, a longer rope? Think about that one for a minute. No runs, pitching beautifully. And then we had Anderson that was pitching a one-hitter. Okay, those are two games. Well, we're only in the first few weeks of the season, so there's two guys right there. And that's what I'm getting at. When a guy is pitching great, you know, when it's early in the season, okay, you don't expect to blow out your bullpen, but it may happen, and it happened. So I think that's what, I, that's what I'm getting at. Yeah, and with you know what, Brent Suter's. A, we could talk all show about Brent Suter because he's a really interesting case because the the numbers have shown that he when he gets that third time through the order, he really starts running into trouble. Now, the other day when he got pulled out. He gave up back-to-back base hits, and I think Craig Council gets a little bit nervous with him. I think the number one way that Brent Suter can force the issue on making him stay, well, making Craig Council keep him in games deeper, is you don't run into any trouble. You go into that third time through the order, and you continue to breeze through. He that the other day. Uh, he got pulled out with one out in the sixth inning. He ran through four innings without any problem. In the fifth inning, he loaded the bases, got out of it. In the sixth inning, he allowed back-to-back base hits to get the inning started, and then that's when the bullpen got up. So he was his productivity was really falling back. Mike, if if he would not have loaded the bases in the fifth inning and if he would not have given up back-to-back base hits in the sixth inning and Craig Council would have pulled him as he was just rolling, I would totally agree with you, but I do think in that game he was showing signs of laboring. What about Junior Garrett, like I was saying? In the game yesterday? Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, but when when you're pitching great, uh, you know, and he was pitching great, and Anderson had that one-hitter going, uh, and I'm not talking about Suter. I'm talking about Anderson and Guerra right now. Let a man pitch. When, when he starts going through, and you can see he's laboring, or he's giving up some hits. And I don't mean hits like, uh, and I'm not a big fan of Barnes as a closer, but that other night, that man pitched a beautiful game. He pitched, he should have won that game. That game was 
in our pocket. Our fielders stunk it up. Yeah, you're talking about but the Saturday not... game against the Cubs. Yes, I yeah, am. So, and but but the fact of the matter is, when a man is pitching good, I don't care what the fielders do. It's not the pitcher's fault. When the pitcher is pitching a great game, that's not the time to take him out. If you're a starter or a short reliever, short relievers are short relievers. But a midterm, you know, intermediate two, three-inning uh, uh, reliever, if you're pitching good, boy, isn't that the time to leave a guy in? I mean, you know, I'm an old-timer. I-, I like the old way of pitching, and I just really don't like what they do nowadays, especially when it's – I understand if a guy is not doing well, that's one thing. And like you said, Suter did the other day. He went through the third time around. You start getting knocked around a little bit. You know what? You need to come out. Yes. That is exactly what needs to be happened. And even in the old days, it should have happened. And they didn't do it so much back, you know, 40, 50 years ago. They, they tried to keep them in. And sometimes too long. But today, you do have these relievers. But you don't want to blow out your bullpen immediately at the beginning of the year, do you? No, you don't. And, Mike, I really appreciate the phone call, and I appreciate your thoughts, and I love your passion about it as well. And I, I think Mike and I are basically on the same page. I... Uh, it's early. I'll say two things, and then we got to get to a break. I'll say two things. Uh, a, it's really early in the season, so I know they are more worried about pitch counts now than they are going to be late in the season. You don't want to throw a guy 100-plus pitches this early in the season. You have a chance of doing some damage, especially in some cold weather. You want to limit that. Junior Guerra was at 86 pitches the other day. Uh, he hasn't really been stretched out. He'd come from Colorado Springs, so i got to think the pitch count played into it. Uh, if, if he's pitching like that and it's July... I would hope it would keep going. I would hope he wouldn't get pulled out. The other thing, and this is something that Craig Council is really, really, really good at, and I appreciate it about him, he's very good at giving starting pitchers who are especially kind of on the margins, not Zach Davies, not Chase Anderson, uh, I would say Chassin, but he doesn't really fit into this. So specifically right now, it would probably be uh, everybody not named Zach Davies and Chase Anderson. He gives them the opportunity to exit games feeling pretty good about themselves. So Junior Guerra goes five and a third, one run on four hits. Maybe, just maybe, he saw something where he thought it was going to turn into something that uh, they, they didn't want to continue on. By getting him out right there, he guaranteed that Junior Guerra walks into the clubhouse that day feeling like he had a pretty good outing, and the idea is that that helps push it forward. That would be my that would be my other take on that. But, Mike, I basically agree with what you're saying. Uh, I... Uh, I think the different, maybe the difference is I want to see guys go seven innings. These bullpens are so darn good at the back end around baseball. I want to see starters go. All I'm asking is for seven innings. I'm not asking for eight. I'm not asking for nine. It's great that when you get that, but I think that's few and far between. Even the best pitchers in baseball, it's rare for them to go uh, much more than seven innings. But give me a seven-inning start. Give me a seven-inning start. That's all I'm asking for. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. It is the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take a break and continue on in just a moment on WTMJ. 
Brewers Weekly rolls on here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauly. Got you for another 22 minutes, taking you till 9 o'clock. The Brewers are back at it coming up tomorrow when they begin their series in New York against the Mets. Sunday's game, by the way, the series finale. You'll be able to hear that over on 94.5 FM because the Bucks open up their playoff run on Sunday against Boston. So when uh, Bucks playoff games are here on WTMJ, you can hear the Brewers at uh, 94.5 FM. 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. That is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Jerry is in Appleton. Hey, Jerry, you're on WTMJ. Oh, thanks for taking my call. You bet. Uh, one of the things I mentioned was that, you know, that kind of plays into all of this a little bit, I think, is we've had such tight ball games. We haven't any margin outside of the 7-3 win in San Diego in that uh, uh, opener on the road. We haven't had much in the way of leads, and... You know, Gary's got a couple of guys on base. He's pitched really well, but I was listening to Jeff Levering on the broadcast, and he said he was, you know, starting to leave his pitches up a little bit, which is not a good sign. And, well, you get one long ball, and we lose that game. So I think if we could get a little more cushion, if you're, if you're leading in that game, you know, six to two or something, you know, you can probably have a little longer leash. Jerry, I agree. I think I said it earlier. Scoring runs really starts to fix the problem here. They gotta they gotta stop playing these one run ball games. They gotta give themselves a little bit of room. And you know, even even an opportunity to go use a bullpen arm that's not one of those high leverage arms would be uh, that'd be nice as well. I didn't hear you say. I just coming from a banquet. I just turned you on, so I didn't realize you had said that. But yeah, I think that's what the. I think that's that's going to fix some things. I agree. Yeah, every win in April, except their four-one win in Game Two at home against St. Louis, has been a one-run game. Because if you lose that one in St. Louis and let that one get away that third game, I mean that's a completely different scenario. You come out of there one and two instead of two and one, and the whole everything looks different today. It, I'm feeling kind of positive now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And, and winning series is the name of the game. Thank you so much for the phone call. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty. Four one four seven nine nine one six twenty is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. There's just so many moving pieces right now, and you know, this is not like this isn't a puzzle where every piece goes somewhere. And what I mean by that is you have guys who are multidimensional. And this goes back to Josh Hader. You can use him in so many different ways, but then that creates a situation where we're, we're looking at you know every pitcher on the roster and trying to figure out how you use these guys appropriately. And you know every domino pushes down another domino. And when a starter doesn't go long enough, well then... How does that affect the bullpen? On a day that you choose not to use a Josh Hader and a Matt Albers, then who are those high-leverage guys? And what are the roles all of a sudden they're in on that day that they weren't in the day before? And it's managing a bullpen. And I think with this Brewers team the way it is right now with so much uncertainty in the pitching staff, it's not just managing a bullpen. It's managing the entire pitching staff. Let's grab one more phone call before we go to break. Michael's in Sheboygan. Hey, Michael, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I just wanted to call to commend counsel the way he's using Hader. Uh, Hader is more like a stabilizer in a close game. It doesn't matter where he needs them, but I think there should be a new term instead of starter, closer. There should be stabilizer. And that's although that term doesn't really exist, that position really came into existence because of what Andrew Miller has done. He is all of a sudden, I think all of the world realized what 
that guy who can go just fill two innings in the middle of a game when a tight game and almost guarantee you that you're still going to have that lead two innings later, that has become absolutely one of the most important pieces to a bullpen. So that's what I thought. Anyway, have a good night. All right, appreciate the phone call, Michael. 414-799-1620. 414-799-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take a break and continue uh, our conversation about the Brewers in just a moment here on WTMJ. Brewers Weekly continues here on WTMJ. My name is Matt Pauley. Great to have you with us today. If you want to join us on the program, 414-799-1620, 414-799-1620. It is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The Brewers have made a ton of moves. Like the, the transaction wire on a daily basis, maybe what? Maybe that's the wrong way to say it, but guys going up and down between... Colorado Springs and Milwaukee, that's already getting worn out. And I think they're fine with that. In fact, they almost seem to be all in with it. Last year they used 50 guys, and before the season even started, uh, Craig Council essentially said, yeah, we're probably going to basically do that again this upcoming season. So they kind of knew that was the situation that they were going to have going into this year. It's been exacerbated by the fact that they have had to get guys up just to get more arms in the bullpen. And that's been an issue. And it goes back to what we were talking about in our last segment, where starting pitchers are, are, are not going deep enough that you're, calf, you're, you're requiring too many innings from your bullpen pitchers that all of a sudden they get worn down and you got to get a guy up from AAA just to get a fresh arm. I mean, this year, guys who have been called up to Milwaukee, not because of what they've accomplished, but simply, and this isn't anything it's their accomplishment, but it's more about them having a fresh arm is what I'm trying to say. You have Adrian Hauser, you have J.J. Hoover, you have Taylor Williams, and you have Jorge Lopez. There are four bullpen guys from... From April 6th to April 11th. What is that? Five days? Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven? Yeah, I just counted with my hand. Five days, and you got four guys coming up from AAA just to give you a fresh arm. And those guys have done, for the most part, a nice job. I know J.J. Hoover was put in a tough situation and did not perform especially well, and he's since been designated for assignment, and we'll learn at a different time whether or not he's going to stay in the organization or not. Another team can claim him if they're going to put him on their 40-man roster. If not, I would think he would go back to Colorado Springs. But this goes back to what I was saying before. At some point in time, you need these starting pitchers to give you a nice, solid seven-inning game. And the Brewers get the off day today. It comes at a good time. The, the bullpen is essentially now able to reset, and you can, you can go forward from there. But um, they, they can't get back into this. Um, you don't want them to fall right back to where they were, uh, where they were at before, where the bullpen is just being so overused that that churn does continue. There's going to be roster churn no matter what. 
I, I would argue that what they've had over the course of the last week is more than they ever really wanted to go with. And they lost an asset because of it. They were forced to uh, designate J.J. Hoover for assignment. They may get him back if he's not claimed by another team, but they've had to expose him to, uh, to other teams, and we'll see what happens there. Tom's in Greenfield. He's given us a call. Hey, Tom, you're on WTMJ. Yeah, we got, we're at 500. Right, we're around 500 right now, and I know that we got a few injuries and stuff like that. But is that going to is that they ain't going to satisfy us Brewer uh, fans of of you know like last year we were just you know one game away from uh, getting into the playoffs. This year it seems like it, that's going to be mediocrity. I mean, if we just stay around 500. Uh, I'd like to see him win at least 90 games, wouldn't you? I, I mean, obviously, I'd like to see that. get into the playoffs, at least probably 90 would, would probably get him into the playoffs or, or even a wild card possibility. Yeah, I mean, I, 90 gets you in. 90 absolutely gets you in. I remind you of this. They, they missed the postseason by one game last year. At the end of April, they were 13-13. and 13. Uh, they, they, At the end of May, they were only three games over 500. So it's... Uh, Tom, I would say this. There are a lot of playoff teams that basically play 500 ball through April and May, sometimes even June, and don't turn it on till late. I mean, the Cubs last year went 13 and 11 in April, 12 and 16 in May, and 15 and 13 in June. So they were right around 500 before they kicked it up in July, where they were able to roll after that, going 16 and 8 in July, 19 and 9 in September. So if, you know what, Tom, if they're 500 after two months of the season, even after three months of the season, they're still perfectly fine. You're talking about pitching, right? I have been, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well. Craig Council, you know, we're plugging all these guys in and out, and Hater and everybody else that you guys are talking about. But if you make the mistake, the wrong guy, the wrong, uh, wrong game, you know, a game here, a game there, or even have where uh, Ed Cedar, 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 on third base, there doesn't let the guy go in because try to win the game or whatever, you know. Those those little mistakes are the ones that uh, maybe cost us a chance to get into the playoffs or or win a division because of just. You know, just that little hair. We got, we got, we got. We don't have that much slop or that much um, room to be uh, for air, do we? No, but who? Uh, what manager makes every correct call that always works out? Well, but but the thing is, we shouldn't shouldn't we put a little more pressure on him to make sure that we want we want we want a winner. We don't want we don't want him to guess and and, and his guesses uh, cost cost us a chance to go go to the playoffs or that. They. They absolutely overachieved last year. Nobody well, I thought. They did, but, but I mean, don't. Hey, Tom, Tom, can I talk? Yeah. They absolutely overachieved last year. Uh, they're in fine shape this year. Where if they if they completely most miss the postseason, if they end up with a below five hundred record, then we can have a conversation at the end of the year of what led to that and who's culpable for that. But I feel like you're jumping the gun on this conversation right now. Well, I. I... I'm looking forward already. I'm 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 looking at towards the end of the season already. I'm I'm pu- I'm, I'm pushing the envelope, aren't you? Uh, I just I want to see. I want to enjoy this. I think sometimes as fans we don't enjoy the ride, and that that was something I reminded fans last year. Enjoy. There's 162 of these very very special baseball games. As a fan, I would just say sit back and enjoy. Take care. I appreciate the phone call, Tom. 414-799-1620. That's the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We'll take a break. We'll wrap up this program next here on WTMJ. 
We are starting to put the finishing touches on this edition of Brewers Weekly. Once again, the Brewers start a three-game series in New York against the Mets tomorrow. And uh, as always, if you uh, if you listen to the games, and I hope you do, stick around after the games. I have Brewers extra innings for you following the games, so we can continue this uh, Brewers conversation. Got a text from Tony, and look the. The text message makes reference to to Warren Spahn, Juan Marichal about and the the idea is those guys going deep into games, pitching complete games, innings, any uh, pitches thrown, and everything. And I hear that a lot, and I understand that the game is played differently that way. And I, I'm not trying to sit here and have an argument with you, but you know what? If if Warren Spahn, if Juan Marichal, if, if Bob Gibson, if Sandy Koufax, I mean even a Greg Maddox or a or a Randy Johnson. If they were playing the game today, they would not have as many innings pitched, as many pitches thrown as as they did when they were playing. The game has changed. We can sit here and argue all we want if that's good or bad that the game has changed. I don't like to argue things that don't have any point. Like, me and you arguing about this isn't going to change anything. If we're going to argue something, let's argue something where... You might be able to go one way or the other. As much as like I, I hate the the argument about whether or not Craig Council should bunt more, but some managers in baseball do bunt more. Like that's an argument that you can take either side. This argument about you know we we should be going back sixty years in terms of how starting pitchers are used and how long they go. It's it's just not an argument to have anymore. Baseball has changed. It's managed differently. It's played differently. The the biomechanics of the body and the weight room and the, the how hard guys are throwing and the stress that's on the arm because of how hard these guys are throwing. I have no doubt that these guys would still be very successful if they were playing today, but it would be different. It would absolutely be different. And that's how we wrap up this edition of Brewers Weekly. Thanks so much for being tuned in. I'll talk to you after tomorrow night's Brewers game with Brewers Extra Innings. The news with Belinda is in one minute here on WTMJ.